It's the dictionary. 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 Well, hey, what's up, word nerds? How is everybody doing out there in podcast land? This is the dictionary. That is what it is currently titled. I've been thinking slowly about maybe maybe do I change the name? What do you think? Do you think it should be different? Let me know. Email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. You can also contact me via social media through, you know, the whole comment or DM thing that they've got over there. Facebook is The Dictionary. Uh, Twitter slash X, Instagram and threads, they are all at dictionarypod. Go ahead and find me and follow my stuff and like all my posts and comment on every single one of them. Please and thank you do that. You can rate and review this show. Oh, I just got a new, a new, I should post this actually on the social media. Um, just like a day or two ago, I got a new um, review from, I guess their name is Upstate Upstart. And it's called A Crackling Fire to Cozy Up To. Five stars, baby. It says, fun, relaxing, and surprisingly engaging. I enjoy turning on this podcast whenever I need to relax my mind or expand it. You could put it on when you go to sleep. You can put it on in the morning when you want to get the brain going and you get to listen to me make silly sounds and songs. Uh, if you want to buy some merchandise for this show or other couple of designs that I've made, go to the Tee Public link in the show notes. Uh, you can watch this show on YouTube. I have been recording video for like lots and lots of episodes now, so those are going to be up on YouTube. They were only on Patreon. I wanted to say Podbean. That's my hosting site. They're on Patreon early and then YouTube later. Uh, what else? What are some of the other things? Google Voice. Call the Google Voice number and leave a message. I'll put it in a show if it's okay with you. 917-727-5757. If you have an idea for a joke, a joke for any future word in the rest of the alphabet, go ahead and email it to me. Only email and I will say your joke when I get there. Um, If you want to write your own uh, theme song or sound effect or something, go ahead and uh, make it short and then email that to me also. Hmm, I think those are all the things that I wanted to tell you this morning. Oh, it is uh, September 27th, 6.49 a.m. I got an early start. Um, let's, Let's, it's a Wednesday for me. I got a busy work week but I still find the time to record this before my workday. So let's get it going. Okay, the first word is the beginning and the end of the EMF section. We finished all the EME words in the previous episode. We have two EMF words, and the first one is EMF. It's an abbreviation for electromotive force. Uh, And we also have, ooh, sound effect. Um, What? That's the sound effect. The next word is also EMF, all caps. So you say EMF. This is also an abbreviation for electromagnetic field. So lowercase is electromotive force. Uppercase is electromagnetic field because clearly electromagnetic field is way more important than electromotive force. Ooh. 
The next word is EMG, all caps, the only EMG word. It is an abbreviation for three things, electromyogram, electromyograph, and electromyography. And I talked about those a while ago. So if you didn't hear those, go back to the beginning of the show and listen. That's the way you got to do this. Whoop. There are no EMH words, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, but we do have, we are now getting into the EMI section, and that'll go on for a bit of time um, into tomorrow's episode. So we have a suffix, EMIA, E-M-I-A. Yep, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, there is no year. So number one, condition of having blood. And there, but there's a, a word in parentheses, or I believe the British people call them brackets. Um, condition of having such blood. I don't know exactly what that means, but we have an example, uh, and it is leukemia. So let's do a quick little search. What is the the Luke? Is it a prefix? Is, is Luke a prefix for something? What does it mean? Uh, oh, ooh, it means white, as in leukemia. Um, and so I guess, is that does that have something to do with white blood cells? Or, uh, yeah, having such blood, white blood. Do, do the red blood cells turn white, or is it about the white blood cells? I don't know. We have to wait until we get to the L's. But that... Sometimes the emia suffix means you have this type of blood, whatever the prefix is before the emia, that's what it means. Hmm. Uh, number two is condition of having in the blood. And what are you having in the blood? A specified thing. Condition of having a specified thing in the blood. And the example is uremia. Uremia. So that's something that I think would be um, uh, blood. It's either urine in the blood or blood in the urine. Now, blood in the urine makes a whole lot more sense to me, but this is saying that it's a thing in the blood. Now, it could be something completely different, but, you know, we have to hold on to that one to learn about, well, I guess I could do, like, what's the, what's the UR prefix? Is there just a simple UR prefix? Hmm, I'm not seeing something real simple and fast. So we just have to wait. We just have to wait. That's all. That's all we can do. Um, yes, this is. It's clearly all about blood. This emia prefix, or sorry, suffix. Um, it's from the Greek aimia, which is from haima, h-a-i-m-a, which means blood. And you know we have. We'll get into the whole blood section and the H's, but like heme, hemoglobin, all that stuff is blood-related. Good times. Whoop. Next is emic, E-M-I-C. Now, this one seems like it would be a suffix, but it's not. Uh, it is an adjective from 1954, and it means of, relating to, or involving analysis of cultural phenomena from the perspective of one who participates in the culture being studied. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it says compared to etic or etic, E-T-I-C. So it doesn't give an example of how you would use this in context, but it does say uh, that it is from 
the word, I guess it's from the word phonemic or phonemic. Phoneme, maybe it's something about sound. Um, so that's not helpful at all. Thank you very much, Dictionary. Um, but it's about well, the analysis of culture phenomena. So it's, it's not that somebody from a culture is going into a different culture to study that culture. It's culture number two. It's somebody who's already in the culture, in the thing, studying the thing that they're already a part of. And I don't know... Yeah, what it's it's etic. No, sorry, emic is the word. It's an adjective. So like I'm doing some emic studying. I don't I don't know. What's the how do you use this? Um that's so that's so interesting. And it's I think it's hard to be objective in that sort of situation. But, you know, you can still you can still clearly, you know, interview people or look at observe people. I think that's a fascinating thing to do. I love interviewing people, so maybe I should do some of this emic analysis. Whoop. Next is emigrant. E-M-I-G-R-A-N-T. It is a noun from 1735. I don't remember what it was. Maybe I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, um, I think they were talking about immigrants, but they did bring up this idea, this, this, uh, thing where you have the e and the i at the beginning of the word think think we talked about that recently and they're different so an emigrant with an e is number one one who emigrates not helpful if you don't know what that is number two a migrant plant or animal and we will talk about emigrate in a minute so let's just get there let's just keep on chugging along we're not i'm not gonna explain this to you yet We'll, we'll let the dictionary do that. Whoop. Next is the second form of emigrant adjective from 1773. Departing or having departed from a country to settle elsewhere. Oh, you're starting to get a picture of what this is. It's about leaving a place because the E, the way that I like to think about it is E is like exit. You are exiting a place. Boop. Emigrate is next. Emigrate. Oh, the emigrates. The emigra- emigrating is great. This is an intransitive verb from 1766. Is it really intransitive? I feel like it would be transitive, but maybe my understanding of transitive and intransitive are just completely false and wrong. Uh, okay, this means, so it's an intransitive verb. It's the action. To leave one's place of residence or country to live elsewhere. As in, emigrated from Canada to the United States. And I have a feeling that that is... Now, while there have been a lot of people who have done that, these days or in the past uh, five to ten years, I don't think that there was a lot of people saying, you know what, you know, Canadians thinking, you know where I would really like to go? The U.S., they really know what they're doing down there. I'm going to go to the U.S. Their government is great. Their politics is fantastic. They know how to treat people so well. I want to go to the U.S. You know, it, the, I, I, I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit, but uh, there has been a lot of talk about people in the United States wanting to emigrate to Canada because, because of lots of reasons. Let's just end it there. Um, so, 
emigrate. What do we what we what more information do we got? We got emigration, that is a noun, and this is from the Latin verb emigrare, which is from e plus migrare, which means to migrate. Now that's pretty much the same thing. Migrate, emigrate, your do what's what do I not know about the word migrate? You're leaving a place. You're migrating away. And that's the same as emigrate. But it's the opposite of immigrate or immigrant. That would be the person who is immigrating. Because in that context, you're going in. But here's the thing. This is the thing that sort of hurts my brain about it. Both words describe the same thing or the same person. Somebody who is leaving their country and going to another country... They are emigrating from their country. They are immigrating into another country. But they're, they're both an emigrant and an immigrant because they're the same thing. They're, they're not a different person. They left one. They entered another immigrant in to another country. It's, it hurts my brain. But the podcast I was listening to, whatever it was, it was probably The Allusionist. Um, the, there, are, um, there are other words for emigrate, leaving a country, it makes it sound like maybe you're a refugee or you're leaving for whatever reason. Um, but there's another word, expat, where it sounds more like, you know what, I was just ready for a change. I, I'm not leaving under, you know, p political or war issues or anything like that. Um, I'm leaving because I just want to go. I just want to leave. I want to live in another country. So I'm an expat. But you're technically an emigrant, because you left one country, but you're also an immigrant because you entered, you went into another country. It's not complicated at all. It, no, it really isn't. Um, w will I ever be an emigrant or an immigrant? I don't know. I don't, I'd maybe someday, maybe someday I will live in another country. I think that would be fun. Maybe I'll live in all the countries. Whoop. Next is emigre. Or emigre. Emphasize the first or the last syllable. It is spelled E-M-I-G-R-E. -E, and there is definitely an accent on the last letter, the second E, and it goes boop. But you could also spell it with an accent on the first E, which also goes boop. Whichever way you want. I would guess that the one with the accent at the beginning, you emphasize that one more. Emigre. Emigre. Okay, this is a noun from 1792. Oh, the synonym is just emigrant, but especially a person who emigrates for political reasons. Political reasons. Mm -hmm. There have been a lot of people, like I said, in the United States who were very much considering being an emigre for political reasons and, uh, and other reasons, too. This is French, and it just means to immigrate. Or no, sorry, to emigrate. I have to be very clear on my pronunciation. It just means to emigrate. Whoop. Next is eminence. Eminence. E-M-I-N-E-N-C-E. -E -E. Noun from the 15th century. One, a position of prominence or superiority. So I guess if you are uh, a CEO, if you are the head of a company, of uh, a group, a something, uh, you you would be eminence. Uh, it's because it's a noun. 
You would have eminence. You would have that position of eminence. I have the eminence of this podcast, and that's it. Two, one that is eminent, prominent, or lofty as to a an anatomical protuberance as of a bone. Huh. Okay. So is there a protuberance on the bone or is the bone the protuberance? It's probably a protuberance on the bone. And uh, and it's eminent, prominent, or lofty. I don't know what lofty means in this context. But yes, if you had like a growth on your bone, it would be prominent. It would be very irritating and possibly painful. And it would be an eminence. Never heard of it used that way. To be a person... So this is one that is eminent, prominent, or lofty as to be a person of high rank or attainments. And this is often used as a title for a cardinal. This would be one of those religious cardinals and not the bird cardinals. His eminence. Oh, yes, you are so lofty, you cardinal. To see... A natural elevation. Uh, so, I don't know, a mountain. You're going hiking, and you, you want to get to the eminence. It's the the top, the, the part at the top, I guess. I don't know. Um, no etymology for this one. Next is, this is a French phrase, Eminence grise. Eminence grise. Yes, okay, two words. The first word is just spelled like eminence, but there is an uh, accent on the first E. And then the second word is grise, G-R-I-S-E. Noun from, uh, where's the year? So much etymology, 1925. Okay, this is number one, a confidential agent, especially one exercising unsuspected or unofficial power. They have power that is unofficial and also unsuspected oh i didn't expect that power um they are it's a, a secret agent right a confidential agent that's basically what they are they're secret agent man two a respected authority specifically the synonym elder statesman as in the aminons now how do you say this word aminons grise of a classical music of classical music so a uh, respected authority. So if you know all the stuff there is to know about classical music and maybe you play classical music very well on a violin, viola, cello, bass, or any of the other instruments in the orchestra, uh, you would be the Eminence Grise of classical music. I absolutely will never be that. I will probably never be the Eminence Grise of anything, to be honest. Uh, let's see. So let's get to the etymology because uh, it's a French phrase. It literally means gray eminence, like the color gray, which was the nickname of Père Joseph. Uh, and then in parentheses, it says Francois du Tremblay. And maybe that was the rest of his name. I'm not sure. Uh he was a French monk and diplomat who died in 1638 and was the confidant of Cardinal Richelieu, who was known as Eminence Rouge. That's, that's the red eminence. Red eminence and gray eminence. 
Those were their nick their nicknames. They, they didn't know how to nickname people in the 1600s. They didn't have it nailed down like we do these days. We know nicknames so good. Um, and, okay, so their nicknames, Gray Eminence and Red Eminence, are from the colors of their respective habits. And I, that's the, the stuff that they wear. That's like that's like you wear the same color all the time, and then people are just like, they call you the, the green t-shirt. They would call me the graphic tea man because I, I like my graphic tees, and today I'm wearing one with Yoda on it. Okay. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that we got to say about Amy Knoll's Grease? Nope. Now, okay, here's the question. Was Père Joseph a confidential agent? Was he very confidential with, uh, Amy Knoll's Rouge? Hmm. I don't know. Why don't we have Amy Knoll's Rouge in here? Why didn't that guy get w words and definitions named after him? He's not as important, I guess. Whoop. Next is eminency. Noun from 1604. This is archaic, and the synonym is eminence. His eminence. Whoop. Eminent is next. E-M-I-N-E-N-T. Adjective from the 15th century. One, standing out so as to be readily perceived or noted. And the synonym is conspicuous. Standing out. If you uh, wear a wig, if you wear some fancy clothes, some fun colors, all those things, you will be uh, eminent. Uh, I have a bag. My, I have like a shoulder bag to keep all my stuff in nice and safe and close so it's not in like my pockets or whatever. And I have a whole bunch of pins on it. And so I think that, 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 that my bag would be eminent. Um, I guess sometimes my shirts with like this kind of shirt, it's kind of eminent. It's it's kind of conspicuous. But in general, I'm very not. I'm like, I'm very unassuming. There's nothing crazy. I don't have crazy colored hair. I have thought about it. I thought about dyeing my hair, but I think that that would be silly. So, so silly. I guess that's what I do, though. So maybe I should. Okay, number two, jutting out. The synonym is projecting. Anything jutting out of something else. Just sticking out like a sore thumb out of a thing um and so eminent it's eminent i don't feel like we use this word very often I, I don't hear people say this number three exhibiting eminence especially in standing above others in some quality or position and the synonym is prominent exhibiting eminence but you're above others you're like i am i'm eminent and you're not i'm prominent because i'm jutting out like a sore thumb. Um, a synonym for the whole thing is the word famous. So if you are known, well-known, people know your face, people know your name, you would be eminent. Maybe you could be called their eminency. Uh, okay, maybe maybe Amy Nolan's Grease, because why not? Just why not? Okay, the etymology is from the Latin verb eminere, which means to stand out which is from the E prefix plus menere, which is akin to the Latin word mons or mont, which means mountain, and there's more at the word mount. So, yes, mountains, they stand out. We like to go visit uh, Seattle sometimes, that whole area, and uh, specifically a little town to the east, and there are mountains 
around, and I'm not used to mountains. And so they are definitely eminent standing there like, look, that's a mountain right there. Did you see it? Yes, of course you saw it because it's eminent and prominent and it's sticking out of the ground. Okay, that's it for that word. Whoop. Next is eminent domain. Two words, noun from 1783. A right of a government to take private property for public, public use by virtue of the superior dom dominion of the sovereign power over all lands within its jurisdiction. Sorry, I stumbled over my words a little bit there. But what is this? I've heard of this, but I never really knew what it was. This is a government can take your private property to use it for the public for the, by virtue of the superior dominion of the sovereign power over all lands within its jurisdiction. So why would they do this? Let's put a link in the show notes where we can learn more about this eminent domain. Basically, it's saying the government can just come in and take your land if they want to. They got to have a good reason but I'm sure a lot of people are would are afraid that the government might just come in and say they have a good reason, even though they might not think it's a good reason. It's a very interesting idea, and uh, hmm, hmm. I wonder, I wonder how that's been used. I, I definitely heard of the phrase, but I'm not smart enough or have enough good of a memory to uh, know more details about this. So let's learn about it, because this is a, this is the kind of thing that you should probably know about. Whoop. Eminently. Adverb from 1616. It means to a high degree. The synonym is very. As in eminently worthy. This podcast is clearly eminently worthy. Also as in an eminently sensible plan. <laughs> Who says that? An eminently sensible plan. That plan is so sensible it's to a high degree it is sensible um it's very sensible but let's just say very just say very eminently it's a hard word to say um to a high degree this this podcast is eminently silly we, we i gotta make it more silly though that's what we need okay next word whoop emir you can say a mirror or a a mirror a mirror e-m-i-r or A-M-I-R, or A-M-E-E-R. Three ways to spell this one. Emir, noun from 1595. This is a ruler, chief, or commander in Islamic countries. I have heard of this word. I had a, had a general idea of what this was. Uh, I did not know that you could spell it so many ways, though. Uh, this is an Arabic word, emir, spelled A-M-I-R, with a horizontal line over the eye. And it just means commander. So that's what it is. The leader, the commander of anything, probably. Boop. The last word is emirate or emirate. E-M-I-R-A-T-E. -E. Noun from 1847. The state or jurisdiction of an emir. And it does not go to the next line, the next page. No, it does not. So the emirate, emirate, the uh, the emir is that's where they they run things. That's that's their land. That's their jurisdiction. Whatever the situation is, um, 
the uh, the, the United Emirates, right? That's a that's a country. Um, United. Let's look that up. And make sure I have. Yes, the United Arab Emirates. Um, so, are they? Are they? Or it's also just simply called the Emirates, uh, a country in West Asia, the Middle East, uh, is located at the eastern end of the Arabian Peninsula and shares borders with Oman and Saudi Arabia. Um, now, but it's the United, the United Arab Emirates. So are there like many countries within? Um, I'll put this link in the show notes. Let's see. There's the history. Uh, what exactly does it consist of? Uh, there's the government. Do, 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 do. It's uh, shortened to UAE. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. Oh, here. Administrative divisions. Uh, it shows a map. There's Abu Dhabi, Ajman. F- so tiny. Fajira, Sharjah, Dubai, Ras al Kaiman, Um al Kuwan. I have not heard of most of these. Um, so yes, they are, these are Arabic, uh, countries, areas, and they probably all have an emir, and they are united together in solidarity. Hmm. I never really thought about, uh, the word emirate there. I have been to Dubai, actually, so I was there, uh, for a work trip many years ago, uh, and it was so hot. Oh my god, it was so hot. Okay, let's pick a word of the episode. Let's pick a word of the episode. It's time to pick a word of the episode. We had EMF, EMF, EMG, EMIA, EMIC, Emigrant, Emigrant, Emigrate, uh, Emigre, or Emigre, Eminence, Eminence Grise, Eminency, Eminent, Eminent Domain, Eminently, Emir, and Emirate. Uh, let's see. I need a reminder of this one. Um, emic. Is that how you say it? Emic is involving the analysis. That was, well, yeah, I, I'll pick that one. Emic, E-M-I-C, is the word of the episode uh, because it was all about studying something from within it of relating to or involving analysis of cultural phenomena from the perspective of one who participates in the culture being studied. How, I don't know how to sing a song about this one. Emic, emic. Emic, emic. I'm studying stuff. I'm in the stuff. I'm being emic. Emic, emic, emic. I think that's that's the end of that one. Let's not dig ourselves in that hole any further. Now what I will do is I will tell you about another movie that I watched because I enjoy doing that. Um, and yes, I, I'm smart and I'm keeping track of which ones I spoke about. I am now going to tell you about Aurora's Sunrise, which uh, I think it came out maybe a couple of years ago, but it finally got to our local little theater, and uh, it is fantastic. If you can watch it, find it somewhere. Big screen would be great. Uh, Aurora's Sunrise, it is... It basically tells the whole story of the um, Armenian Genocide, which... I had heard of, but I knew nothing about. So it was a very important, it was an eminently important history lesson for me. And it's, ooh, I don't even know, like, how much do I want to say? It's the story of one woman 
who went through this genocide over, I believe, multiple, many, multiple years, probably, and how she survived and got to America. And that's all I'm going to say. It's there is historical footage of multiple uh, decades. Uh, there is animation, which is beautiful. And I don't know if it's rotoscoped exactly um, or if it's like, or it's a simplified rotoscope, but the, it was a beautiful design, beautifully well done, very sort of poetic at times, metaphorical. Uh, yeah, highly recommend it. It is not necessarily an uplifting film, uh, in not throughout at least. There are it's it's about a genocide. What do you expect? It's going to be sad. Um, but this woman survives through it, and she was able to tell her story when she came here. And it's it's bonkers. It's just bonkers crazy, and you should definitely watch it. And um, please and please please do that. Thanks. This is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.